Before we get into this week's episode, please note that this is a continuation of episode 7. If you want to hear the full discussion, be sure to watch our previous episode. Welcome to the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. Here, we want to help, and where there's help, there's hope. A short disclaimer. This podcast is not a replacement for therapy. If you feel you need treatment, we strongly suggest you visit your physician or go to withyouhere.org slash therapists for assistance finding a mental health provider. Our topic for today is anxiety and depression, part two. Now, here's our host, Dr. Childs. Hi, and welcome to Life is Better with You Here. I am Dr. Shavana Childs, and we are so glad you are here with us today. Today, our topics are going to be on anxiety and depression. But as you know, before we start, we want you to always be relaxed and be in a good frame of mind. So we're going to start with a quick mindful minute. So find a comfortable position in your chair, your couch, wherever you are. Relax, let your body sink into your couch or your chair. Ground your feet on the floor or relax them wherever you are. Close your eyes and enjoy this mindful guided meditation. So I want you to stop now. Take a truly relaxing breath. Inhale through your nose with a shallow breath. Exhale through your mouth. Inhale slightly more and exhale now with sound. Inhale more deeply and again exhale forcefully. Inhale to capacity and exhale completely, emptying your lungs all the way. Again, inhale to capacity, exhale completely, emptying your lungs all the way. Inhale again to capacity, fill up your lungs, and exhale completely, emptying your lungs all the way. Inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale to full capacity, and exhale to full capacity. Now we will continue the discussion started in our previous episode. So while we talk about that, and we talked about how anxiety and depression, you know, cycle each other, they are very closely linked. They found that anxiety, depression are so closely linked that 61.2% of people who experienced generalized anxiety disorder during their lifetimes also experienced a major depressive disorder. So now we're going to talk about depression. We're going to talk about how it affects us. 
Depression is another common mental health issue that millions of people struggle with. And again, depression is more than sadness. It's more than having the blues. And again, how we talked about anxiety and how we describe it, most people aren't going to come around you and say, you know what, I am just so majorly depressed today. I have clinical depression. That's not how we talk. We say things like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad. I just cannot take this anymore. Or, you know, older people might say, you know what, baby, I just got the blues. I'm just feeling sad today. It's more than a sadness. It is deeper than sadness. It lasts for one, more than one or two days. We're going to have some down days. We're going to be sad. Specifically, if we lost somebody, we lost a job, we lost a relationship, you know, we lose at something, we get sad. But then we kind of bounce back. With depression, that bouncing back is more difficult, you know. So let's also talk about the statistics. Approximately 9.5% of American adults 18 and over will suffer from a depressive illness, whether it's major depression, bipolar disorder, or dysthymia. And what dysthymia is, is they call it a double depression. So if this is depressed, dysthymia is here. It's double depression. It's down depression. So people with dysthymia never come up to, oh, I'm happy. I feel good. I can do this. They just, mm, I'm okay. It's just another day for me. You know, I hope people get this reference. You know, Eeyore from um, Winnie the Pooh is kind of that Eeyore complex. Oh, hum, I'm just here. Oh, okay. You never really ever hit happy. That's dysthymia. Um, it's a common mental health disorder globally for the world. 5% suffer from depression. It's the leading cause of disability. Hear me, the leading cause of disability worldwide. And it's a major cause overall for burden of disease. You know, when we talk about people applying for disability, people rarely think that, oh, they applied for depression. It's the leading cause of applying for disability worldwide. That's significant. That says a lot. Um, women, again, are more affected than men by depression. And depression most, most, more likely can lead to suicide. Again, that depression, it makes you feel like there's no way out. This is never ending. It's that deep, dark hole. You can't crawl out of, nobody can hear you. You feel like you can't get saved. You can't get out. There's, there's no end to it. And so it can lead to some pretty dark places and some pretty dark thoughts. Um, there is treatment for mild, moderate, and severe depression. And again, life is better with you here has qualified therapists that can help you. They can link you to qualified therapists that can help you. So there was a study, and I would like to give you some results from the study, um, from Blue Cross Blue Shield. And one of those studies, and this is particularly pertinent for people of color, which is what the study was on, and major depression goes undiagnosed and untreated at disproportionately greater rates in majority Black and Hispanic communities, leading to unnecessary suffering. 
we don't trust the medical profession because they've done some heinous things to our community and our community. We all know about the Tuskegee Air Experiment. You know, they've done some heinous things. And so it's been hard for us to trust. And some of us have white coat syndrome, okay? We see a doctor in a white coat. Oh, we're scared. We don't trust them. What are you going to do? I don't want to take these pills. I don't know what's in them. I don't know what you're trying to do to me. So we don't go. We don't trust people. You don't go telling those people your business. They don't have your best interests at heart. Don't take those meds. You don't know what they put in them. So we don't trust. The presence of more mental and behavioral health providers in Black and Hispanic communities is associated with higher diagnosis rates for major depression. This suggests that increased access to providers could mitigate the underdiagnosis of major depression disorders in these communities. So if we had physicians, mental health providers that looked like us, talked like us, and understood our experiences, we get better treatment because we would want to go. Again, this speaks to cultural competency in our physicians. We need more physicians and therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists that look and sound like us, that will breed more trust. Not only that, not only do we need more people that look like us, we need physicians that don't look like us, that are culturally, competently trained to work in our communities. There are still people that are physicians, that are psychologists, that are psychiatrists, that are not of color, that still have racist myths that they go by. And we'll talk about that. That's damaging to our communities, which makes us not want to go. And that's damaging to us because we're not getting the help that we need. And so that is something that we need to work on globally. Um, the survey also found that Black and Hispanic respondents are more likely to seek help information outside of the healthcare system. They prefer to go to providers with similar experiences and perceive greater stigma about their mental health in their communities. That stigma kills us. We don't want people to think that we're crazy. You know, in our communities, if you go, some people, if you go to mental health, oh, she going to see her crazy doctor. Did you take your crazy pills today? You know, saying things like that to people is hurtful because it makes us shut down. We don't want to talk about it. Silence is deadly. Silence is what can kill us. We need to be able to talk about how we're feeling. You don't know how your story is going to help and inspire somebody else. You don't know how talking about it to somebody else can say, hey, I know such and such who can help you. Hey, there's this initiative called Life is Better with You Here. They have a link to these wonderful therapists that can help you. We need to be able to talk about it. Our communities are suffering and we don't have to. So we're going to talk about some signs and symptoms of depression. And please understand that we all don't experience depression the same. So some of these symptoms, signs, are kind of similar to anxiety, trouble concentrating, remembering details, making decisions, feelings of guilt, worthlessness, hopelessness, helplessness. When you're in depression, you can feel so helpless. You can feel worthless. You can feel like, I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to be here. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. I'm not capable. And they're all lies. But when you're in depression, 
it sounds so much like the truth, but it's not. It's, it's that negativity that just breeds and negativity and depression comes so easy. It comes so easy. Positivity seems so far away that you can't even fathom anything positive about yourself. Insomnia, early morning waking, or sleeping too much. A lot of us feel, and a lot of us were told as kids, you know, if you're having a problem, you're acting up. If you don't feel better, just go take a nap. When you wake up, you'll feel better. Sometimes that actually does work, to take a nap and you'll feel better. But when you're finding that you're sleeping too much, you're sleeping 10, 12, 18 hours a day, it's not effective. You're not productive. You're not getting anything done. And then that turns into a vicious cycle because you're not getting anything done. And when you don't feel product productive, you wake up and you say, I didn't do anything today. I am worthless. I am hopeless. Then you feel shame and you feel guilt and you're on that vicious cycle again of depression. You feel restless. There's a loss of interest. The things that you used to love to do, going out with your girls, hanging out with your boys, being with your family, going bowling, going skating, you know, going to the park, playing basketball, playing football, whatever it is you used to like to do, you just don't seem interested anymore and you don't know why. That could be depression. If it's not a physical reason why you're not going, it could be depression. And if it is a physical reason, again, or physical health, if it's declined, if there is medical issues, that can tap into and lead to depression. So again, being aware of some of the causes can help you tap into what's going on with your mood. We are mind, body, and soul. None of those are separate things. They're all connected. When one is affected, they tend to all be affected. And so we need to recognize that we are not just one thing. We are all three. When you have a persistent, sad, anxious, or empty feeling, or a lot of my patients will say something like, you know, I just feel numb, meaning I don't feel anything. I can't really cry. I can't really laugh. I can't really do anything. That could be depression. We should all be feeling something and not just despair not just anxiety, not just hopelessness. We should all have a modicum of happiness. We should all be happy about something. And when that's not there, we need to seek help. We need to ask for help. We need to talk to somebody. Thoughts of suicide or making suicide attempts or self-harm. Self-harm, biting, scratching, picking, punching, head banging, any of those things. Those are signs of depression. And again, we need to seek help. You should be loved. You should not be hurting yourself in any form or fashion. You should not be thinking of ending your life. You're wanted here. Again, name of the podcast, life is better with you here. We need you. Loss of pleasure in life. Life isn't always ponies and roses and sunshine. Wish it were but it's life and people are here. People always don't make everything easy, but we should have some pleasure. And sometimes we have to find our own pleasure. Always tell people, other people are not 
responsible for your happiness. You are responsible for your happiness. Sometimes I think a lot of our depression and anxiety is making other people responsible for our happiness. That's really hard and it's really difficult for you and the other person. Because if I make somebody responsible for my happiness, that's hard for them to do because guess what? What makes me happy might change from moment to moment. How are they supposed to know what's going to make me happy? And I might not know what's going to make me happy. So how are they supposed to know? It's hard for them to catch up. And we're not mind readers. We're not mind readers. So expecting for someone else to read our mind and know what makes us happy is unfair to them and it's unfair to us. So be responsible for your own happiness. They're responsible for their happiness. You're responsible for your happiness. And you will find yourself much better off. It makes for better relationships as well. And in our relationship podcast, we'll talk about doing that and how to do that. Makes for better relationships and a better you. So when we talk about risk factors for African-Americans for depression, racial trauma, okay, this is something that, you know, Europeans won't necessarily have to deal with. But we do racial trauma on our jobs, racial trauma in the community, racial trauma in society. You ever go to work and somebody makes a comment? It's not necessarily open racism, but it's a slight racial comment such as, you're really articulate. You're a credit to your race. I didn't expect for you to get this job. How did you get this job? Who do you know? Things like that. Or somebody saying something like, do you understand what I'm asking you to do? Repeat back to me what I asked you to do. Somebody constantly putting you down. You know, somebody asking you if there was a quota. Did you make the quota? Is that why you're here? Or just outright discrimination. Being told, you're only here because we needed to fill a quota. You're only here because we needed a woman. You're only here because we needed to have some diversity on the team. We're exposed to that day in and day out, whether it's overt or covert. We deal with that. The realization that we walk in two different worlds the moment we step outside our houses. My realization is when I leave my house, people will see two things. I am black or I am a woman. I got to imagine the first thing they're going to see is that I'm black. Second, that I'm a woman. Those are my two worlds every day. And so when you're a person of color, those are the two things that you have to deal with every day. And that is not the experience of most people in the world. And people of color, we disproportionately have to deal with this issue. Difficult life circumstances due to racism, racial barriers, access to care. If you're on Medicaid, sometimes you're treated differently than if you have Blue Cross Blue Shield or good insurance. What should it matter what type of insurance I have. Racial barriers 
to access to care, including racism from care providers and the mental health stigma. It shouldn't matter what kind of insurance you have. And I've often noticed and heard from my patients that they feel treated differently if they have Medicaid. It shouldn't matter. When I go into a provider's office, I should be treated the same as if I have golden insurance or if I have Medicaid. But oftentimes there's a difference from personal experience and from the experience of patients that I've spoken to. They've been spoken to differently and quite often disrespectfully because of who they were, where they came in, asking if they really wanted this treatment or if they really thought it was a good idea. Do you really think you need to see a cardiologist? If I asked you to see a cardiologist because I'm concerned about my heart, yes, I want to see a cardiologist. I've had patients tell me they were referred to a specialist by one of their Caucasian friends because that friend said they got great care. He told them about this magnificent treatment, about, you know, this thing. She went in. He spent five to ten minutes out in the hallway. She could hear him laughing and giggling. He came ten minutes late to her appointment, didn't offer her the specialized treatment, didn't give her eye contact, and more or less treated her like she wasn't there. These are the things that we deal with when we go in and we're a person of color that other people don't deal with. And when she told her Caucasian friend about it, the friend was astounded. She just could not believe it because it wasn't her experience. So these are the things that we deal with as people of color when we go into these establishments with providers that don't look like us. And this leads to the mental health stigma. The stigma is serious in our community. And we need to battle it. We need to be informed, which is why we do Life is Better with You here. We want you to be informed. We want to battle against the stigma. We want you to know this is not about being crazy. This is about your mental health. This is about self-advocacy. This is about taking care of you so you can be the best version of yourself. This is about you going in and handling your business to the best of your ability. So when you walk into any healthcare provider's office, you manage the situation, not them. Remember, you're the expert in the room. You take care of you. You ask for what you need. And if you're not getting it, then you go elsewhere because that's your power. Remember, you're powerful. We're here to empower you and give you this knowledge so that you can go in and do you. Take care of you. Let's erase this stigma. Mental health is not a bad thing. Mental health is like physical health. It needs to be taken care of. You need to get a checkup. If you had a broken limb, would you sit at home and think it would mend on its own? No. You would go to the emergency room and expect for them to put a cast on it, x-ray it, and do everything. So why would you not do that for your mental health? Everybody has a mental health issue at some point in time in their life. We get anxiety. We get depression. It may be temporary. It may not. But it all needs attention. And it needs attention because it can lead to physical things. Remember, 
this is not a one-off thing. This isn't just one area. It's mind, body, and spirit. So when we get to the body, we have physical symptoms that's related to our mental health. Joint pain, back pain, digestive problems. Remember the bubble guts. Sleep trouble, sleeping too much, not sleeping enough. Appetite changes. Some of us are emotional eaters. We eat when we're happy, sad, depressed, anxious. We eat. Some people don't eat. They lose significant amounts of weight. It's not healthy. Eating too much is not a good thing. Eating too little is not a good thing. Eating healthy is the appropriate thing. Making sure you eat. Having a good diet. Things that fortify you. You might have slowed speech or movements. You may not notice it, but somebody in your family might notice it. One of your friends might notice it. So check in with other people. If you're not sure how you're behaving, how things are going with you, ask somebody around you who loves you. Hey, have you seen a difference in me? Do I seem okay? Do I seem off? Like, do a check-in. Every now and again, I have to check in with my family. Do I seem okay to you guys? They think I got problems. That's different. But check in with your family. See how they feel that you're doing. And if they come up to you and say, hey, you know, I've noticed a difference in you, try not to be offended. Try to listen with an open mind, open heart, because there may be something there. Not only allow them to check in on you, check in on them. Let's check in on our loved ones, particularly our children. Because like we discussed with anxiety, children experience and express depression differently. They're not going to come up and say, hey, mommy, hey, dad, feeling depressed. They might, but most children won't. They'll act out because as kids, they don't know how to regulate their emotions. They don't know how to express them verbally all the time. So they may have disruptive behaviors that are interfering with their social activities, interfering with their grades, interfering with schoolwork, and family problems might also be signs of depression. So if you're a school teacher, if you're an educator, you know, if you see your nieces, your nephews, something's off with them, just chat with them, see what's going on. Let's check in with our babies. Let's check in with our family members. So when we talk about checking in, so also think about the causes. What could be going on? And like anxiety, there's not necessarily one cause. There could be many, and some of them are just unknown. No, we just don't know everything. It could be caused by a lot of things. Again, genetic, biological, environmental. Again, seasonal affective disorder. We talked about that with the seasons. That's environmental. We get depressed around certain times of the year. Psychological factors, if there's other mental health issues that are going on, depression can be comorbid. It can go with a lot of other things. You know, it can happen. Everybody's different. It doesn't look the same on all of us. So we can't say, oh, they're not depressed because they're not doing A, B, and C. That's not necessarily the case. Or, oh, they're depressed because they did A, B, and C. May not be the case. We need to check in. We need to ask. Talking is imperative. Talking is so powerful. Asking questions, not reading minds. Okay? So some of the risk factors, the causes, again, blood relatives, it runs in families. Okay? 
You know, if you have a family member that has depression, bipolar disorder, clinical depression, check to see. Those people are more likely at risk to have depression, experiencing traumatic or stressful events. It could lead to depression, more likely to have it. A death of a loved one, a loss of something, a loss of a job, a loss of a relationship, a loss of a way life used to be can all lead to depression. Going through a major life change, having babies, postpartum depression, a miscarriage, having an abortion, all of those things can lead to depression. Getting married can be a joyful event, but that's a life change. Living with somebody that you hadn't lived with before, those are life changes. You never know somebody until you live with them, and then you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this about you. Now you know. It's a change, and it doesn't mean that won't lift, but it's an adjustment. Change is not easy. Even if it's a good change, it can be definitely hard. So we need to take those things into account. Having a medical problem, such as cancer, stroke, chronic pain, again, pain, you know, medical problems. We don't know what's going to happen, how it's going to be treated, what the outcome's going to be. We got to think about ourselves. We got to think about our loved ones. What's going to happen? You know, that can all breed depression, how we're going to deal with this. All normal thoughts, you know, taking certain medications. Nowadays, when you hear on TV all the side effects, sometimes people think, well, I think I'd just rather be sick than take the medications because of all the side effects. But pay attention to the side effects because depression could be one of them. And then you have a decision to make. Again, a decision to make. The power you have to make that decision. You're not powerless. Don't let anybody make you feel powerless. You can choose. It's one medication. There are other medications you can ask about. Advocate for yourself, but be aware that there are medications that can increase your likelihood of being depressed. And it may be temporary, it may not, but ask questions. That's the power you have. That's what you can do. Remember how powerful you are. We often forget. We think that doctors are everything, be all, end all. They're people. They just happen to have expertise and they went to school. I'm not taking that away but you're the expert on you. Ask questions. There's nothing wrong with that. All they can say is no. They can answer it. And if you don't like the answer, second opinion. I can't say that enough. Second opinion. Okay? Um, Using drugs or alcohol. Again, alcohol is not a stimulant. It's a depressant. And drugs are not the way. They only mask the pain. We don't need masks. We need resolution. Okay, because once you take the mask off, the problem's still there. Let's resolve the issue. Let's find ways. Let's find treatments. So effective treatments, medications, as prescribed. You know, uh, people take medications. They get them prescribed. They don't like the way it feels, and so they automatically just stop taking them. That can be very dangerous because you'll have withdrawal. The side effects from withdrawal can cause you more problems than you were having while you were taking it. So if you're on a medication and you don't like it, please don't just stop taking it. Consult with your physician and then titrate down or they'll tell you how to stop taking it or they'll give you something that's more fitting that will work for you better. Okay, so work with your physician if you don't like the medication. Um, 
notify the physician or provider of any side effects. And again, tell them, hey, I don't like how this is making me feel. I feel like a zombie. I feel numb. I don't cry when I feel like I need to cry. Uh, you know, whatever that is, talk to your physician. If you're not liking the response you're getting or if they're not responding, reach out to somebody else, okay? Be honest in your therapy sessions. I cannot express that enough. Often the best treatment for most mental health is therapy and the combination of medications and therapy. Those two work very, very well together. But therapy only really works if you're honest in the sessions. Therapy sessions are confidential unless you tell them you want to hurt yourself or somebody else. And they are obligated. They're mandated reporters because our job is to save your life. Okay? But we can only help if you're honest in the therapy sessions. We want to help. We want to get you to the best version of yourself. And it takes as long as it takes. We got time. That's what we're here for. You're not bothering us. We love this job. I love my job. So talk to your therapist and be honest. It is a safe space. And also know that not every therapist is a good match for every person. So if you feel your therapist is not a good match and you're not getting what you need from that person, second opinion, go find another therapist. We're not all perfect for every people that come to us. It's okay. Our feelings are not hurt. It's just like going to your beautician. You ever been to a beautician you didn't like, but you're scared to leave because you don't want to hurt their feelings? Go find another beautician. It's okay. They'll be fine. Nobody's feelings are hurt. This isn't about us. It's about you getting what you need, recognizing the power that you have. You're so much more powerful than you know. Take care of you. Don't take care of other people's feelings. Take care of your own. Speak up and advocate for yourself. I cannot say that enough. If you get nothing else from this message today, it's empowerment. Be empowered to advocate for yourself. Speak up for yourself and get what you need. Get what you need. Take care of your mental health appropriately by speaking up for yourself. You know, we want you to be here. We don't want you taking the route of thinking about suicide, attempting suicide. Life is better with you here. Advocate for yourself. Ask for the help you need. Okay? Let's talk about some of the myths. I mentioned that earlier. And they're not just myths that we hold. They're also some of the myths that people who are not culturally competent, and I'm talking about providers, physicians, psychiatrists, psychologists who are not culturally competent. Sad to say, there are people out there who professionally hold these myths um, and they're damaging. And so I do want to talk about some of those because I want to dispel these myths because they're myths for a reason. They're not true. One of the myths is um, depression. If depression treatment does not work immediately, it will not work. That's not true. You didn't get depressed overnight. It's not going to end overnight. It takes work. It takes time. It takes work from you, your providers. We have to give it time. You don't take your first medication medication and poof, voila, tomorrow you're not depressed. It doesn't work that way. And you can take your medication 
And a depression isn't going to disappear totally, but you might feel better. You might go from a 10 to being the highest depressed to a five. I'll take that. And with the therapy, it might go down to a three. I will take that than being at a 10. So there's work to be done on both ends. Don't give up. The um, myth that medication is the only way to treat depression. It isn't. We've talked before. Medication is one of the ways. Therapy is one of the other ways. Holistic treatments such as meditation, prayer, community, religious community, our faith, our spiritual communities. There's a ton of ways. There's always more than one way to do something, but let's use positive ways, not alcohol, not drugs, okay? People should be strong enough to overcome depression. This is the one that I hear the most, and it can come from our family members. It can come from anywhere. If that were the case, we wouldn't have so much depression in the world. This is not about strength. A lot of times, this is about a chemical imbalance in your brain. If we could control the chemicals in our brain, there'd be no problems in the world. So this is not true. And again, this goes to saying you're, it's your fault. It's not your fault. A lot of times, this is a chemical imbalance, which is why it requires medication. The serotonin reuptake inhibitors that increases the serotonin, which is the hormone that increases our mood, that makes us feel better. So now it's not just getting over it. It's not just feeling better. It's not just you should be over it by now. This is not a strength thing. This is not you pick up weights and you feel your depression is gone. Exercise does help, but this is not a mental strength thing. You're not mentally weak if you can't overcome depression. That is a myth and it is a lie. This is not about you being weak. You can't pray it away. Prayer does help in strengthening your resolve. Meditation helps in strengthening your resolve. Prayer is very powerful. It keeps you going. Keeps you on track. It keeps you positive. That feeds your spirit. Remember, mind, body, and spirit. Okay? Depression is a chemical imbalance. We need to work with that. Prayer helps your spiritual peace. That in turn helps the depression. So it all works in tandem. The myth that depression is just a sadness. It's more than sadness. Again, we all have sad days. Is so much more than sadness, okay? Um, it can also cause anger. It can cause physical pain and changes in the way you think. Again, if it's changing the way you think, that lets you know it's a chemical brain interaction. We use our brains to think, all right? So again, this is a chemical thing. It is not just a you thing. It's not a weakness. It's not something you're controlling. If you could control it, it would be better. So there's no fault here. 
Another myth, Black people are inherently resilient and do not need therapy. I would say we are resilient, but we are not super people. The whole Black woman is a superwoman. Our capes get tattered, ran over, and we get tired. We can't be superwoman for everybody. And our Black man cannot be superman for everyone. We get tired. We need rest. And we need to pour into ourselves just like everybody else. We hurt. Our skin ain't thicker than anybody else's. We're human. We are human. We need therapy like everybody else. And because of our history, we might need it more. And we need people that understand that. We need people who look like us, who understand our experience, who can be there for us. We have trauma too. And we need to be heard. We need to be seen. And we need to be understood. We have faced a lot of adversity. And we need to deal with that. And we need for people to understand that. And our adversity leads to a lot of our health problems. So no, while we are resilient, we still need to be taken care of. Resiliency does not mean we don't need therapy. And therapy will make us even more resilient. Okay, we need to get rid of our stigmas. And the stigma is everywhere, but it's definitely in our community um, and with our Black men because, again, of what we just discussed, because we expect them to be so resilient. We expect our Black women to be so resilient, to just carry on, to just do everything. We cannot do it all without help. We all need help. We all need to uplift each other. We need to be there for each other. Um, it deters us from seeking treatment because we're afraid to admit we need help. We do need help. It makes us think that their depression is their fault. It's not our fault. It's not a personal weakness. Or we feel embarrassed. There's no embarrassment here. There's only love here. We need to love ourselves enough to know that we need help so we can be better for ourselves and thus better for the people we love. And again, you need to be the priority. Superman and superwoman, you need to be the priority for yourself so that you can be the priority for your kids, your family, so that you can be there for them. We need to be there for ourselves first. There is no superman or superwoman. It's just us. Love yourself enough to take care of yourself first so you have it to give. And remember to take those breaks. Remember to take care of yourself. Remember self-care is imperative. It's powerful. We worry about how racism might expect our experience in mental health. And several studies suggest that mental health care providers believe in the same racist myths about Black patients which is a travesty because it puts us back in a vicious cycle of the stigmas because we have white providers that might think the same thing. So find you a good provider that either looks like you or a culturally competent provider that you trust. They are out there. And again, Life is Better With You Here has a list of wonderful providers that can provide that service to you. So while we're thinking about that and finding providers and thinking about helping ourselves, here are some things that we can say to other people who are experiencing depression and anxiety to help our loved ones. 
we can say things like, would you like space? Letting them know you matter to me. Your feelings are valid. That's a very important one because a lot of times they feel like their feelings are discounted. And oftentimes we can discount their feelings by, you'll be okay. That ain't nothing. Don't worry about that. That's very dismissive. We need to not dismiss their feelings. We need to let them know that they matter. Simply asking, do you want company? And company doesn't mean I come and talk your head off and da-da-da. Company might mean I just come over and sit with you. We could sit in silence. Sometimes knowing that somebody is physically present is more than enough. Just be there. Stating, I care, even if I don't understand. Because the reality of it is, some people could explain to verbatim how they're feeling, and I might not get it. But do I really need to get it? Or do I just need to be there? I don't need to get it. I just need to care about you. That's all I need. I care about you, even if I don't understand. And sometimes they don't have words. So I don't want you to feel like you have to explain. Just can I come be with you? I care about you. Do you need company? How can I best support you is another good statement. Because sometimes we don't know how to support them. So let's ask. And no, they may not know how. So, okay. Again, can I just come be with you? Do you need company? Or let me know what you need. Let me know what you need. Or I will help you. Another important thing you can say. I will help you. Whatever you need, I'll help you. I'll be there. Be that person that they can be with. Just be there. Just be present. We don't need to fix it. We don't need to problem solve. We just need to be there. Uh, Another one that I like, which I think is very helpful. Can I distract you? What do you want to do? What can I help you do? Sometimes they just want to sit around and crack jokes or play a video game or watch a dumb movie or watch a funny movie or watch cartoons or whatever. Ask. Again, close mouth, don't get fed. Can I do something to distract you? And one of the best things, I love you. And I think this is a very important one because they just simply need to know that they are loved. You may think, oh, of course they're loved. Why wouldn't they know that? When you're in depression and anxiety, that's a serious thought. Like, I'm not loved. So to hear that is so important. Let's not make them guess. Some people need to hear it. They need to hear that they're loved. So my challenge to you is to make sure you advocate for yourself Make sure to check on your loved ones and check in on yourself. Are you experiencing anxiety? Are you experiencing depression? Do you need to see a therapist? We all do at some point in time just for a checkup, just to see what the experience is like and love on yourself. And with that, the affirmation I will leave you with is Nourishing myself is a joyful experience, and I am worth the time spent on my healing. And remember, regardless of what your mental health journey is, 
Life is always better with you here. Thank you for listening. This has been the Life is Better with You Here podcast with Dr. Childs. For more episodes, you can find us on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, and many more. We would also like to give gratitude to our sponsors, the Ohio Suicide Prevention Foundation and Global Insight Productions, without whom we wouldn't be able to do this. For more information about our sponsors, please visit ohiospf.org and globalinsightpro.com. And for more information about us, please visit our site, withyouhere.org. We look forward to seeing you next week. And if you have any suggestions for future episode topics, send us a message through the link in the description or the message button if you're using the Anchor site. Also, if you or someone you love is in crisis, please call 988 or text Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 741-741 for free and confidential support 24-7. And again, thank you.